This week on the Avi Om Experience, we have an amazing conversation with Susie Devon. Well, it's all about healing and that process. It's not just about, you know, the, the, the healing that, that we tend to undertake when we are aware of it, but the type of healing that sometimes we have to question ourselves, the type of healing that we have to do, what she refers to as the deep inner work. I know um, Aviana knows that I've been through quite a healing journey and I'm now doing healing work. But what I have found is the most profound healing resources that we have are within us. And so reaching out to other people for healing work is certainly beneficial. And I actually do help people with healing work. But diving deep, doing deep exploration and inner work is the best way to gain the awareness, change subconscious beliefs and at least emotional energies that keep us from reaching our full potential. So I'm glad that you can join myself and Aviana on this amazing experience. And as we've said before, and we're going to say it again, we're not teachers, we're not masters, we're just old friends here to remind you that there is nothing wrong with you and that you are not broken and you are enough. Enjoy this week's conversation of the Aviom experience with myself, Aviana, and our second love, Susie Devon. Enjoy. What's going on, love? Not much. How are you? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was talking to me. <laughs> you, you know, you know what? We're just gonna just. Put... I thought he's a smooth talker. I love it. You know what? We're just gonna go with that. We're totally gonna go with that. <laughs> so, Av. So I got two loves. So, so why don't you just bring in the my second love? <laughs> Hi, Susie. Oh, hello, love. There's a lot of love in this room. <laughs> There's a lot of love in this room, like broadcasting from uh, different vicinities um, of the world of the United States, which is like super awesome. Uh, Chris and I are excited to have you on. I want to just um, really give you a platform right now to just uh, download uh, who you are, what you do. Um, and as just kind of like a, an intro for all of our listeners, and then we're going to dive into some deeper, deeper aspects of how, and how you and I met, how that started, um, and really the exploration of your healing journey, because, um, what you talk about, about going to the energy within, um, really is what, um, catapulted your progress and your movement on your healing experience. So why don't you take a moment and just, um, drop some amazing nuggets of who you are, uh, what you do, and then let's dive into your story. Okay, great. Um, I'm Susie Devon, and I live in Wichita, Kansas, and I own two small businesses, one in which I do psychotherapy and do public speaking regarding secondary trauma and how to prevent it with self-care for professionals, however, a bit, or caregiving professionals, but not limited to caregiving professionals, also business professionals, or really anybody can benefit from this information. And then the second business I have is Blossoming Heart Center. And with that business, I do energy healing. Um, I do hands-on healing. I lead psycho-spiritual workshops, lead meditations. Um, that business is a little bit more on the spiritual side. It's all spirit, however. It's all spirit. It's all connected, right? It's all connected. <laughs> um, it is all connected. It just seems like um, Blossoming Heart Center, as I was evolving through some of my um, growth opportunities, um, self-care specialists, um, 
you know, as a licensed professional, there were some limitations and I decided to create a business that wouldn't hold me back in any way and that I could expand in every which direction and that it would always be big enough for, for me and where I had. Right. Let's, um, let's just dive into the really, really, not that it's not all good, but to really the profound um, things that you and I have discussed over the last couple of years. Um, let's talk about um, your health, um, the, the journey that you stepped on um, with countless experiences with um, physicians, as well as what that catapulted or what that looked like for you regarding um, your recovery. Well, about um, 23 years ago, I was exposed to arsenic through bug bombs, through pesticides, and I became very ill. Um, I felt like I had the flu every day. I got migraines every day. About every part of my body was malfunctioning. I had severe insomnia. Um, I mean, I could go on and on about how, how bad I felt, and I went through traditional medicine. Western medicine was diagnosed as having um, sinus infections and asthma. So I was treated with lots of steroids and antibiotics. And um, I was never diagnosed with a heavy metal um, toxicity diagnosis. In fact, that wasn't even on the radar back then. And so eventually, um, I had about a seven-year period where I did not feel well at all. And I turned to alternative methods. And so I started... Um, I changed my diet drastically, which that happened really quickly within, I don't know, probably a year or two. Um, it wasn't a bad diet, but I went really, really, really clean. And this is back before it was on the radar. Um, I got all chemicals out of my home. I started doing mind-body exercise, Pilates and yoga. And in Kansas, 23 years ago, it wasn't that easy to find studios for this. Um, I started doing meditation and just changed every part of my life to be very holistic at a time when we had one health food store where I live. Um, so it was kind of progressive and I was considered to be a little bit out there, but it did give me a lot of relief. Um, I wasn't actually, in fact, this self-care that I did um, was extremely um, rigorous. I mean, it was, it was extreme self-care, but that's what it took for me to feel good. And um, I wasn't actually diagnosed with the heavy metal toxicity until about Oh, I'm thinking it was four or five years ago. I did a series of rolfing sessions, which is some of the deepest tissue work that you can do. And I think I did probably 20 at least, 20, 25 over a period of, of time. And what happened is I started to feel ill again. I started to feel like my kidneys were congested and my liver was congested. And just that feeling I had way back when. And um, And then it was diagnosed. And so then I did six months of rigorous chelation therapy and um, got the toxins out of my body and am, am now in very, very good health. Can you um, just go back to the raw thing? Some people um, won't know what that is. Can you just describe a little bit about that? And then we're going to move into the chelation because that's a really um, <laughs> similar word uh, for myself. And not only that, but I also heard that, you know, you can get like bruised from those, uh, was it sessions? Those, what do you call it, Ralph, Ralphie? Ralphie, it's, yeah. It's yeah. like deep tissues onto the next level, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. It's very, very deep tissue work. And quite honestly, what got me interested in it, I've been doing deep emotional work for a long time. And I like the idea of um, it is deep work. I mean, yeah, sometimes I would sort of have bruises or 
um, not all over my body, but just in places um, where you could literally see where um, this practitioner who was amazing was working. Um, but one of the things that drew me to it is when you do that myofascial release work, you release a lot of um, stored up uh, energies and emotions. And um, so it just kind of made sense. I, I actually did gymnastics as, um, as a child through high school. And so I knew I had some structural imbalances. I was excited about changing and correcting those. But also the mental emotional piece has always been a big deal for me. Is well, But now when they do that, I'm curious. You're thinking I'm, about cupping, I think. No, no, I'm thinking no? because it's, it, right? Isn't it like, I said, I said it's like deep tissue, but like to the next level. Because it's like a massage, isn't it? But I mean, it's more brutal. I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> deep. Well, it's, it's intense. It is deep. It is intense. It can be very painful. Um, that's a, a that is very true. Um, now, something I have noticed as I, you know, I did those sessions, and then once um, the toxins came out, I stopped the sessions because it was like, okay, I've had enough of this, and I've got to get this stuff out of my body. But I've done some sessions more recently. I was a little skittish to go back because I'm like, oh, no more. I don't want any more toxins to come out. I know, you know, none of us are perfect in having perfectly free, to um, free of toxin bodies, but I'm pretty clean and have worked hard for it. But I just was a little skittish about going back, um, even though it's great work. But I have gone back, and what I have found is that now, um, I there's something about me that is very different, and I've gone so much deeper in these past five years that. It actually feels good. It's like you get to a point where you really surrender into it and into whatever's there and you stop tensing up and resisting it. And I suppose that's true with all kinds of different work. But this work, when you are at that point where it actually feels good, that's pretty amazing. So, so what you're saying is at least what I'm picking up from you is that at least these last five years have been intense. But it seems like you've been doing this or, or this cleaning process longer than five years. So. What happened, you know, I guess five years ago to make you, you know, I mean, step it up and kind of go to the next level of this process of healing? I say that the last five years because I was able to see the difference from the first rolfing sessions to the next. But what did I do? My goodness. Um, it almost might be better if I started 10 years ago, but um, I'm trying to decide in the past five years, what did I do? I suppose what I did was I just went deeper into my emotional healing. Um, I set an intention about 10 years ago that I had read all these spiritual books and all these, I was constantly reading and I was tired of reading. It was like, you know what? I'm tired of reading about everybody else's experiences or what it's possible to experience. I want to experience these things. And it was like a shift happened within me where it was almost difficult to read, but I was all there um, becoming more and more present and just really having full experiences. Um, but what did I do to get to that point? Um, I, I meditated, not like a lot, but I meditated. Um, I led meditations. Um, I did deep healing work, um, deep emotional work. Um, I had just experiences that came up that led me to new places of surrender that I would have maybe not have been able to get to on my own or through a session with someone, for instance. I mean, that um, experience with the chelation, I had 
um, two doctors, uh, uh, one who was a holistic MD and another one who was a chiropractor, kinesiologist, Chinese acupuncture, and um, Chinese medicine, who worked together. And they were both concerned enough that they each said, it's going to take a miracle for you to heal this. And I also got that message from um, oh, an intuitive um, that I had worked with. And it made me almost angry when I got that message because there was a fire within me that knew I will get the miracle. I am worthy of a miracle. We all are. And I am not here to, to play small. There are things that I want to do to help serve humanity. And I couldn't believe in my heart that I was going to die when I was just getting started with my career. And so I even had a near-death experience um, along the way um, and had a choice to leave, and it would have been perfectly painless, but I didn't. And I suppose just some of those hard knocks, um, I, and I've had many of them, trust me, are the things, <laughs> I mean, that really it started back with that health crisis, um, are the things that brought me to a place of surrender and to a place of trusting something much bigger at work, but also trusting in myself to make choices and to be guided and that my body, because I am, um, I do have a strong mind-body connection, that my body will tell me when something isn't right or doesn't feel right. Right. Doesn't mean I've passed every one of those tests, but eventually I figured it out. And then let's let's move into that because I, I think that this is where the the power of the, the conversation um, begins um, because somewhere in that time period, um, you and I started uh, speaking, and when you when you gave me this background uh, of your uh, health and what you were going through, um, there was not a doubt in my mind um, that you were not going to overcome this. You know, obviously we, you had to be aware of, you know, what was going on and, and your experiences. However, you know, when I uh, communicate with someone, you use, you connect with their energy, you connect with their soul, you connect with their passion, uh, you connect with their drive, you, you connect with, you know, how persistent or, or, you know, what, what they're going to bring to the table on many levels. And Susie, there was not a doubt in my mind that there was no way possible that you were um, not going to um, overcome this, and and I think that that's that's something to to share with the listeners is that we either can come into this in, into any resistance because we all have resistances. We can come into this resistance with um, power and passion or drive. Um, or we can come into the resistance um, with being a victim or being in an energy that is completely uh, restricted on so many levels of everything that could go wrong instead of everything that could go right. And that that was very much in synchronicity, synchronistic energy with me, with with my accident. You know, it's it's I started interviewing doctors that were going to be on the same wavelength as where I wanted to go and I needed to know how they were going to assist me in getting there, not going to tell me that this is going to be shy of a miracle of, of you being able to walk or run or, or do anything. That was the, my case. It was, this is what's going to happen. Are you going to be on the transition team of helping me get there? And that's exactly, you know, what you decided to do. You decided that 
this is what I'm going to do. I am worthy of being here and bring it like totally bring it to the table. And so um, did you find that at least for me, um, and I'm curious to see, to hear your side of it, at least for me, when I stepped on into that role, um, it was, it was almost as, as of bringing them up to your level. You know, it's, 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 it was, it was a little bit lonely because people, you know, people, a lot of people are very in the tangibility of this body and really, yeah, actually, Chris and I, you were just having this conversation not even an hour ago. You know, the, the, the body is inside the soul. The soul is not inside the body, you know? So if you have that determination and you have that persistence, really, um, I'm not saying every, I believe everything goes according to plan also and what you blueprint here, but if you have that persistence and that determination, really anything is possible. Yes, absolutely. I agree. And I knew because I had been doing so much work with other people and doing my own work about beliefs and subconscious beliefs. And one of the things I do is subconscious belief repatterning. I had done enough belief work. I knew everything else I've ever believed would be possible. And I've done the backup work to, you know, make sure it's cleared on all levels has come true. So why would this not come true? Um, But I did have an interesting experience where I had to, um, I mean, I had doctors that were arguing with me about how my miracle would come about. And, um, and it was kind of infuriating. I said, listen, I am a deeply spiritual person and I know I can feel it within me. I will get the miracle. And just went back and forth with the doctor. And finally I said, okay, sit back and watch because I will get the miracle and it will come back. It will come through my own belief system but I know that I will get it. And, um, and I'm sure in that moment, I, I mean, I was pretty abrupt and just said, sit back and watch. Um, and I did do some things though, that I, when I, at the very beginning, when I mentioned to a few people, arsenic toxicity, um, I felt their fear-based reactions. I saw the look on their face, like, oh my God, she's going to die. Um, and so I learned very quickly not to talk about it to people. And I had also just started doing public speaking. And so I just had a few close friends that knew what was going on. And I intentionally kept it that way so that I ke- could keep myself in a high vibration, so that I could keep myself in the energy of love, um, keep myself in the energy of healing and in, in miracles. I, I knew it's going to be here, but I have to kind of... Um, protect myself in a way where I've just kind of cocooned up and just kept everything positive, took good care of myself, got lots of sleep. Um, and I didn't even tell people, you know, obviously when I would go out and do public speaking, the irony of it is that my platform was self-care. And here I was challenged to do, to take excellent care of myself and to start that business after having Taking an excellent care of myself almost seemed as if I was ill, except I knew if I hadn't taken such good care of myself, I wouldn't be here to be doing this. And it was because of that that I got to that point of 17 years of having that in my body um, and, and had many years where I actually felt pretty good. It was tucked away neatly in my organs and 
I didn't know it as long as I had the right supplemental support. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you mentioned uh, earlier about chelation. I know AV's done that as well. But for those listening, can you explain what that is? And then how did you, how did you find it? What is it? And what was your experience, you know, during that process? And I know Evie will share her, her experience on that too. Um, I'll share to the best of what I have with it. I mean, I don't feel like, um, it, well, basically chelation, and this isn't going to be in medical terminology by any means, but um, I was taking chelators, which were medications that were binding to the heavy metals, and that helped to... Um, help the the body to um, eliminate them. I needed a lot of organ support because my kidneys and my liver um, were congested and they were rather challenged in in working anyway um, at that point in time. Um, So there was a lot of herbal support. Um, I know that there has got to be a better way to do it. I I feel like um, it was very expensive when I did it. It was the medication was covered by insurance, but nothing else was. So I had some months where I was spending four to five thousand dollars, and I did that for six months. Um, I know there's got to be a better way, but that, and I'm sure that in other you know cities there are, and I I think there is a clinic here that um, that does it differently. but that's what I found, and I know I was led there for a reason. Um, I actually found this doctor. I feel like I was spirit-led because I just, I don't even remember what I typed in, but it went straight to this person who had had the same experience. And I know when you find a practitioner or somebody who's had deep experiences with what it is that you need healing with, that that can be very helpful and profound. So, um, so I am grateful to the doctors that helped me, um, but I do feel like there have got to be lower cost methods um, that are very possible. I've I've also been told that um, six months of straight chelation therapy, um, you know that 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 is is very rigorous, maybe to the point of too rigorous. But I just trust that. I was led there for a reason and I got the result that I wanted. So I know that there's got to be a lot of information out there about chelation. I just don't feel like, um, like I have all the resources to, to share. There's, there's got to be more. And I would imagine that it's really um, changed a lot. And, it, and hopefully it's been revolutionized so that it's not quite the way that I did it with taking lots and lots of different herbs and, I mean, it was quite something. Right. I went through chelation therapy just a year ago. Um, My heavy metal was um, mercury and lead. And interestingly enough, um, a lot of people ask because we're in Michigan if if it was because of the water crisis, you know, with lead poisoning here. And um, we've never had Flint water. Not quite sure how um, this mercury and lead uh, became so toxic within my body, but I was having similar symptoms. Mine were, um, well, well, the symptoms I had were massive fatigue. Um, I just, I could barely, you know, I'd sleep 12 hours and I did not want to get up. Mine was predominantly fatigue. Um, just, you know, an underlying, just, uh, not feeling well, bloated, um, just, completely lethargic. You know, you just want to sleep. You're just not, 
uh, not driven, you know, just kind of just hanging out and okay. It would almost, I, I, I've never really calibrated it like this, but it would almost be in alignment with, um, being depressed, you know, just kind of monotone, you know, just nothing, almost like there's a blanket of, uh, energy over you. Uh, so I went also to, um, I went to an integrative functional medicine doctor, um, because traditional medicine, uh, was not looking at things like this. You know, they, they, um, they don't look at it unless you, you know, specifically ask, but they go through all the other routes. And so this, but the, the particular doctor I went to, um, nothing that I did was covered by insurance. Um, so not even the, the blood, the deep level of, you know, blood testing and, and things like that. So, um, I went through chelation therapy also on supplements, but also, um, on a very specialized, uh, compounding, um, drug, uh, that I could have either taken via mouth or IV. Um, I chose to do by mouth, um, and I had a very, <laughs> a very serious reaction. And Chris can even, you know, attest to this. Um, the first time I took it, I mean, the prescription was to take it, you know, um, in the morning and then in the evening. Um, for mine started out with 30 days. And um, I ended up going two months uh, chelation. Um, and the toxins have been eliminated, uh, since after two months of chelation, but the first dose that I took, um, you could feel, um, just like you, I'm incredibly sensitive to, to medicines. And so I could feel these metals being extracted from my bones. It was the most, one of the most awful pains I've ever experienced. Like you could feel it at the core, core level. I could feel it extracting from my jaw. I could feel it extracting from my shoulders. I could feel it extracting from my hips. And so much so I could pinpoint within seven and a half hours of the first pill, my, I, you, I couldn't even lift my arms. I was almost, I wasn't paralyzed, but I couldn't even lift my arms up because this extraction was so painful. <laughs> and, um, I'm like, holy moly, like what in the world is going on? And then it got to be to the point where, you know, the people who were close to me, they're like, you must be chelating because you're completely different. You know, I just wanted to sleep. You know, you didn't even want could barely roll out, roll out of bed. And Chris was like, he goes, babe, you have got to stop taking this. Like, this is, this is awful watching, you know, go through this experience. And what I told him is that this is temporary. If I can, if I can just get through you know, the next 60 days of this, I'm going to feel a hundred percent better, but we don't know what we don't know. Right. Susie. I mean, we don't know that this is, th that this is going on. And we, we don't have, in my opinion, enough doctors who are out there to help on this deep, deep level, because I feel that there's so many people with these, this lead or this, this heavy metal poisoning, I should say, that are going undiagnosed that can have massive, massive health issues in the future, but we just were not providing the appropriate um, health care or self-care <laughs> or tools um, in order to stimulate the soul. 
Yes, I absolutely agree. And I think in the future, there are going to be more and more people with health crisis situations um, similar to mine or, or to what you went through, um, many, many not diagnosed. And I do hope that um, it becomes on the radar in a big way because it's, um, it's very important to get those toxins taken care of. And um, like you, yeah, it was very, very difficult. Um, I could literally feel which organ it was releasing from. I could feel it in my bones. I remember having nausea and um, and I would like go public speak and be totally nauseated. And I'm like, I can't stop this because this is something that I need. You know, I'm not going to cancel a, a presentation or something because of this. So I was um, popping crystallized ginger and smelling peppermint oil and <laughs> um, doing things like that. And at the end of the day, I remember I did it. I did my very best. And at the end of the day, it kind of taught me to not worry so much about what people think because I knew I, I was a new public speaker and I was doing the very best that I could. And if anyone here had a clue what I'm going through, you know, they would probably not be a tough, harsh audience. But I was actually, I mean, I got my evaluations back after each training and they were mental health professionals and medical professionals and they were favorable. And I just remember at the end of it going, oh my gosh, I just need to go to bed and I'll look at these tomorrow, and I would go home, and it would take three days to recover from a three-hour training or a full day, so the fatigue was definitely a big deal, and when, when like, the arsenic would release from, like, my liver, it felt like somebody just, like, kicked me right in my liver, and it was just a, a sensation that was like that as it was uh, when, when it was releasing. So the, one of the things, though, is that, so I just want to make it clear as well to those who are listening that Neither one of us here are doctors, right? We're we're not saying we're doctors. However, I do feel that it's for us or it's up to us to not only share this awareness for others because this information is not out there as much, meaning that when you feel a pain in the morning, you know, you're not your instinct is not to go and google chelation just because you wake up and say your the side of your or say your ribs are hurting as soon as you get up you're not you're not going to say okay let me google this uh you know and then look into collation or not to say that that is the solution to all these problems but one thing i do want to make clear is that pain any any type of pain is the body's awareness bringing attention to the system itself it's the body saying hey pay attention to me because you haven't been paying attention. So I'm going to make your pinky hurt in the morning, which it shouldn't hurt because there's no reason for it to hurt in the morning, but there's something that needs to happen here. Your your lack of awareness means that you need to pay attention. And I feel that when, if people are waking up, and this is a really good way to, to, to look at it, right? If people are waking up and they feel any type of pain, as soon as they wake up, that's not normal. That's not right. There's something that needs to happen, whether it's an awareness of the body, the mind, the soul, the emotions, something, anything. And I think that what happens is that we go about these things as it's normal. So we sleep for 12 hours, we get up and we're still tired and we say, well, it's normal. I'm supposed to be tired because I slept too long, you know, so. Or um, I have too many things going on. I have too or, many things. We make excuses yeah. for, mm-hmm. for that and we say it's okay to be in this 
in this, you know, what Eckhart calls the pain body, you know, we're, we're so used to being in the pain body that we think it's normal and it's, and it's not. Well, it's interesting because when I was going through my experiences, I thought it was normal. It was actually, um, going on the Costa Rica trip and someone coming up to me and said, I think you need to go visit uh, a functional medicine doctor when you get home. And I'm like, why? And they said, well, we, from your energy from last year to this year, you're completely different. There's absolutely something going on. And, and then I got scared. I was like, what? what? What's wrong? What's wrong? And they're like, it doesn't feel like bad necessarily, but something is absolutely going wrong, you know? And then that's when I'm like, you know what, this living in this, this life of being fatigued, you know, 24 seven, and no matter how many hours of sleep that you got, it still was not helping anything. And then that's when, you know, I, I took the necessary precautions to research because you have to make an investment in your health. That's the other thing, you know, that this type of, you know, um, doctor and what you also went through, um, Susie and your experiences, um, it's not a cheap experience. And so, and most for me, insurance didn't cover a penny of it. So it's, it's a, an investment of your health. Either you're going to, you're going to spend the money now to get healthy, or you're going to spend the money later trying to recover from it. So either way you can spend money. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I was in a situation where, um, I didn't just have the money readily available. And so I took some money out of retirement and I thought to myself, well, if I don't take the money out of retirement, I'm not likely to see it. Um, I'm not saying that's the smartest decision. Some people would argue that that is not a wise thing to do, but I don't have any regrets. It was what I needed to do to get through the situation. And, um, and I am pain free today and feel better than ever. Um, I feel better than I did when I was 26 and I'm 49. Obviously, that was the best decision you could have ever made. Oh, yes. I feel like it absolutely saved my life and made this new life that I'm birthing possible. And otherwise, um, who knows where I would be? I don't even want to think about that. Let's let's um, let's move um, forward into what you're doing today. You know, obviously, you know, I love, um, everyone's stories and, and this story catapulted you this, this experience, which is, you know, one of the things that I like to talk about, everyone has a story and we need to be grateful for those experiences, no matter, you know, how hard the, um, the resistance is or the hardship is going through it. But this has been a blessing on so many levels of of you catapulting and what you're doing and and what you're stepping into and your experiences. Um, so let's talk about um, the business aspect and and now you um, sharing this information with people, uh, clients, and businesses and and how you're helping them. Okay, absolutely. I'm going to back up. I'm going to go back to that ten point or ten year ago point that I almost um, talked about earlier. But 10 years ago, is um, I took some pretty big risks. Um, I, well, I got divorced. And in the process of that, part of the reason was because um, I was in a marriage where I wasn't supported with my holistic um, health practices. And yes, it did cost some money to maintain myself and whatever. It was like we were just kind of going down different paths and it made sense to part. But let me tell you, um, I took off like a, 
like a free bird when um <laughs> when that happened and it started growing really 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 fast and um what I did is 6 months after we got divorced um I went to grad school with three kids and so I went to get my masters in social work when I was 40 years old and while I was in school I I picked up my psychotherapy tools and I don't do talk therapy it's much deeper than that it's body centered psychotherapy subconscious belief repatterning, et cetera. And so in three years, finished school, picked up, I did like over 300 hours of in-class training in Boulder, Colorado, and in various um, locations in California. And then when I finished, I took some time to get clear on what exactly I was going to do. And I started self-care specialists um, just right out of the chute. While I was in grad school, I actually did do some training teaching mindfulness to mental health professionals, therapists, social workers, etc. as a student. And I would, this is like nine years ago, I would go into, uh, I did about 20, a little over 20 of them in social services. And I went into these agencies and, and to basically teach a little bit about meditation and mindfulness. And when I went in there just nine years ago, now mind you in Kansas, um, I would ask who here has experienced meditation? Nobody raised their hands. <laughs> and so I was kind of like, okay, here we go. And so I gave them an experience, um, explained it, gave them an experience. They would get finished with the meditation that I led them through or whatever and say, wow, that's the most relaxed I've felt in a long time. Or I even had some say that's the best I've ever felt. And um, so it was like being in grad school, having a pilot to get to play with it. And then I took some time off and got clear, okay. You had a pilot. It was like the universe just presented this opportunity on a platter while I was in school. It was the most unusual practicum. So I started self-care specialist where I started doing um, doing the training. But every bit of the training that I was doing and still do is just completely infused with mindfulness. Um, and of course, yes, I've had to do some emotional, mental work with myself as a result of some of those um, traumas. But it made such a deep impact with me. That's why I wanted to go back to school. Um, and so now I, I love my work. It's deep work. Um, and I say this, I'm talking about the psychotherapy, but not just that. Also, the energy work that I do through Blossoming Heart Center. Um, people go deep. And what they do is they can be talking about what's bothering them in that moment. And I'm not about the story. Let's don't sit here and spin this. It's like, let's go into that. So I'll have them close their eyes and feel what's going on in their body. Oh, it kind of feels yucky in my solar plexus, they might say. So then I have them go a little deeper into that and they'll notice, oh gosh, this feels kind of familiar to me. And then they'll get an, an image or a memory of maybe being a child and having something happen that felt like that. And then we work with that period of time and it's like this amazing thing that happens where they release the emotional energies from that trauma or that upset but there's also something I'll say to them that will help to complete the missing experience that they had and then there's a change within their brains and the way that they the belief system changes as they hear what they needed to hear back when something happened and so um, it's deep work it's transformational um, it doesn't take long I mean everybody's different on what it is you know they want to accomplish but Doing that work, um, I've had many people who have gone and done talk therapy for many years who've come to me and said, oh my gosh, we just got more done in one session than I got done in four years of 
of talk therapy. And I've had that happen several times. Um, so it really does help people change their subconscious beliefs, release the emotional energies and the traumas, and it really sets them free so that they can realize that they are powerful co-creators and that they can create whatever it is that they choose to create. It really is extremely empowering work. I know when we talk about talk therapy, it almost feels like I'm not a big fan of it. And just, just me. And this is again, just my personal beliefs, my experiences, you know, but when it comes to this talks and talking stuff, I think that's what it is. We're talking, talking, talking too much. And a lot of times when we feel we have a, a, uh, I'm going to say a problem, but you know, it's obviously not what I mean, but let's just call it for the sake of this conversation. Let's say I have a bipolar problem and we automatically assume that it's a hard problem to fix. And so what happens is then a hard solution is given, right? And so, or I have, or I suffered from bipolar for 10 years. So that means that the healing is going to take 10 years where it can just be, you know, it can just take a moment, you know, instead of 10 years. But one of the things you said, and I, and I a hundred percent agree with you and something that I've been meditating on myself to understand that a deeper level. And I, and I have really come into some awarenesses and memories within my own experience coming from the word that you said, trauma. And I feel that 90%, you know, and I'm just coming up with that number. It could even be higher of our quote unquote problems stems from some childhood trauma that has gone unhealed for all this time. It's just been buried in the corner of our drawers. And once you remove everything, what you'll find that the core of these quote unquote problems is some uh, childhood trauma that just was not healed at the point, at that point of origin. So instead of talking about, you know, what, what did I do today or, or last night, it's like almost going, you know, 20, 30, 40 years into, into the history of this memory that's just trapped somewhere. So it's a matter of, 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 of that foundation. What do you think about that, babe? Well, I, I would take it even further because, you know, I believe in past life energy. So I feel it's not limited to this particular incarnation because as a soul continues to, now again, another belief system here, I believe that the soul never dies. So we incarnate um, many, many different lifetimes. So if we haven't healed something, uh, that is, you know, a lifetime or two lifetimes or three lifetimes ago, and we're coming back again to have some sort of closure with it. It's not going to be necessarily from this incarnation. It's going to be a compilation of right. that trauma or that, that imprint sanskara from, um, whether it be this lifetime or another lifetime. Right. Like you say, it can be several sources of, of trauma. Mm -hmm. And, and obviously, you know, the one, the life trauma that you're referring to typically can just be tapped into through, you know, either hypnosis or through a past life regression where you can then uncover that trauma. And sometimes it's the same and sometimes it's a little bit different. And then you can go to the one that happens in this lifetime that most of us don't want to face, you know, and, uh, and it just, and I'll share this because I think it was amazing because when I started doing this work on trauma and I started meditating on it, on where, and I, I shared this with you, love, 
that where I, where did I suffer my trauma? And not to get into the long story of it, maybe it's for another podcast, but you know, mine's actually came from being in the womb and already in that point, I was already experiencing, you know, this trauma that I would, you know, carry with me, you know, obviously for the first 10 years of my life. And it all stemmed from, you know, the, from that point. And now, so my question though, for you is, have you, you know, when you're speaking to some of your clients, have you experienced this, that sometimes their trauma has, as is like in, you know, childhood, whether it be some type of abuse or neglect or being told that they weren't good enough? Absolutely. Um, a lot of it does go back to childhood roots, but um, I agree with you on the womb. I call it womb work um, quite often. I mean, the body knows exactly where to take them. The body, you just feel the, feel the energy and it takes them exactly to the memories, to how far back it goes, to the womb. Sometimes they go into past lives. Um, Absolutely. It can be any and all of of the above. Um, Probably the thing that comes up, though, the most often is the childhood situations from zero to seven. And I've even had clients who had feelings like, I don't understand why I feel like this. I never have felt good enough. And I mean, there are many, many people, um, you know, that feel like this. And it takes them back to those childhood memories. But I, I had a client who... Um, she just, she probably had, I don't know, eight sessions with me, nine sessions in. She, um, she, her, her subconscious takes her to being three years old, backed in a corner, being beaten by both of her parents. And she did not have any conscious awareness or memory of that. It was, it just showed up right there. And she had no earthly idea that she had been abused. I mean, she knew that her parents, you know, were not very loving and affectionate, but you know, she suppressed it. And so we did some major work with that. Um, so it, it, it always comes up in unique ways and everybody's different and all of our experiences are different. There are no two sessions, even with the same person that are the same. And they're always amazed. They're like, wow, I didn't know that was in there. And, oh, that wasn't like the other session. It was like, well, it's a new moment. (laughs) It's a different experience. It's never going to be the same. But it keeps the work for them um, very interesting. And, you know, people who, who come to see me are, are ready to do their work. If they're not, they're, they're with the wrong person. And it also, for me, keeps the work very interesting because there's just something new and different about every one of them. But the best part of it is that they're actually healing. So I see these transformations and they know they're healing because they... They feel different. They start looking different. They even start looking younger because we carry this energy even in our faces. Um, and they they look younger. They they feel brighter, more alive. They they start even acting different, more confident, and they notice it. But it's really awesome validation because a lot of times their family members or coworkers will be like, "What are you doing? You're really shining bright." And it's like, well, that's the sh- the the light that's within each one of us, we're just peeling back the layers of that, which is not us so that more of what we are can come forth and shine. And we can be the brightest, lightest being that we are. It's, it's, I love that you said that because a lot of times, um, what I hear uh, people say is, um, or from other clients that, um, they've heard people 
reflect with them and whether it's, did you get your haircut or, you know, have you lost some weight or did you change your makeup? You know, it's that they can't put their finger on um, the energetic shift that has transpired. It's, it's a vibrancy that, that starts coming out because the energy's flowing the cheese moving, you know, everything is, is starting uh, to come to the surface. So I, I love that you said that. <laughs> um, I'm curious, um, because you are, um, in another state in, in Kansas, um, do you offer remote sessions for people? I do offer remote healing. I do that through Blossoming Heart Center. And so with Blossoming Heart Center, you would get emotional energy healing and not limited to that um, because, you know, there are several modalities that I can do, um, but it could be emotional energy healing. It could be I do past life regression. Um, sometimes I do distance healing. It would be kind of like hands on healing, except that it's from a distance. And I've had several people report really great results with that. So. Um, I would just talk to the client and see what's going on and, and um, see what it is they most need and come up with it together. Mm, perfect. So let's, let's uh, want to almost start uh, maybe wrapping some of this up. And I know you, there's some, I mean, we can probably talk for hours on here, <laughs> but I do want to ask a, a, a few questions is, is just, uh, I guess some, you know, quick fire, fire answer type questions to maybe help people along. One of the things you said earlier was, and I wrote it down here, was about your diet, that you changed your diet quickly. So my question to you is those who want to maybe shift their their diet, uh, what, how would you recommend uh, doing it? Just based on your experience, I know it's not the, you know, the doctors, you know, I know you were not doctors here, but again, you know, how would you recommend, uh, you know, other people going about changing their diet the way you changed yours? Sure. Um, well, what I recommend is, is, um, well, everybody's different on what their dietary needs are, what works for them. Um, I did try going vegan or pretty close to vegan, and that worked for a while, five months, but then I started having some problems. And so for me, I actually have found that I do well eating the zone diet, which Dr. Barry Sears has this diet that um, wrote books back in the late 90s. And this is what I first started doing during the health crisis because I was severely hypoglycemic and was losing weight uncontrollably, which was really scary. Um, and so I started eating according to this diet, um, which is lean protein, good fat, and low glycemic carbohydrates. And what it did is it brought my, it's, it's touted for bringing your hormones into balance. And so you eat um, three meals a day plus two snacks that have a certain ratio of those, you know, the lean protein, good fat, and low glycemic carbohydrate. And what happened is I stopped having to, I was so hypoglycemic and this is during that health period, health crisis period that I would have to get up every two hours and snack in the night. I mean, it was not a good deal at all. And it brought my hormones into balance so that, um, I didn't have to snack in the night anymore. I actually started gaining weight and getting to my healthy weight. Um, but then what I did later on as I continued and I'm still doing the zone. I even had a period where I didn't do the zone and, and gain some weight beyond what would be my normal weight, went back to the zone. And then my body started returning to what's natural for me. Um, so I've just noticed that as long as I eat that way, um, 
you know, it's it's not you you don't eat sugar. Um, it's just very very clean. Um, I mean, I guess I didn't mention that part, but you know, not eating food with preservatives, additives, food colorings. Um, I eat very 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 little sugar, and when I do, it's extremely natural. Um, so cleaning up the diet in those ways, um, organic. Eating food without the pesticides, I, I really can't overemphasize that after what I've been through. Um, so that is one way of eating. Um, I also eat gluten-free. So I eat a gluten-free zone diet that is pretty much dairy-free and sugar-free. That's what works for me, and it's not hard for me to do it because I had to do it just to get healthy. So I, I was kind of forced to form some good eating habits. Um, and then now it's just natural and, and I feel really good doing it. But I think the greatest advice is to really listen to your body um, and get in tune with your body on what works for you. Because like I said, I have tried different things. Um, I kind of liked vegan at first and that worked well for me. But then after a while, I wasn't getting enough protein and um, and it, it just didn't feel like it was the ideal for me. So um you know, I, I would definitely encourage you to explore. Um, if you notice that you feel funky after eating something, then try taking that out of your diet. Um, mindfulness is so important for so many different reasons, but mindful eating and noticing how you feel and how you feel. I can even tell when I've eaten something, I look different if it doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. I just want to add to that because it's um, when you when you don't eat well for a very long period of time, the body just becomes inflamed. And it's only when you start removing these toxins from the body, not just from chelation, but from food, then you start getting back to the core of where the body likes to be. And so then when you, if you eat something that is not in alignment, um, then the body goes into a reaction. Um, I'm gluten-free. And so if I happen to have something that has gluten on it, I'm like within 10 minutes, I'm starting to itch. I never, that never happened to me before because my body was inflamed with gluten. You know, you, you, your body, it's amazing that we have this miracle vessel that just acclimates to what we're putting inside of it. And so a lot of people don't even know that they're, um, have heavy metal poisoning or they have an allergy to gluten or to dairy because the body's completely inflamed. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, sometimes when people change their diets too, at first it might be difficult. Like um, if you're used to eating sugar or drinking pop and you take that out, it's kind of like a drug. I mean, you're going to feel it for a few weeks. Um, there's a kickback effect. But once you get past that, um, people start to notice that they feel so much different and so much better and they have more energy. Um, but it's also important, you know, um, when we eat too much sugar, it throws off our yeast bacteria balance in our body. And so probiotics are a good thing to take. But when you eat sugar, you're feeding the yeast and then it's not in balance with the healthy bacteria in your body. And I, I've learned a fair amount about this because one of the things that happened with me as a result of the over um, the prescriptions of, you know, rounds of antibiotics and steroids is that I ended up with a severe candidiasis diagnosis, big systemic fungal infection way back when. And so um, I had to change my diet to be fruit-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, 
like everything free. It was like a, there wasn't much that I could eat way back when. Um, but there are a lot of people that don't have the awareness that that brain fog feeling and that fatigue feeling can come from having an imbalance with um, that yeast bacteria um, balance. And if you're always craving sugar, if you have a really strong sweet tooth, um, that would definitely be something to look into. Now, you also rec- you, you know you also spoke uh, earlier about you know the importance of meditation. Uh, can you explain to us and to those listening, like, what's your practice? You know, how do you kind of go into this uh, space? Music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Um. You know, I used to. I think there was a time earlier where I, you know, meditated every day for 20 minutes or something like that. Now it's a little bit more sporadic, but I also feel like I've shifted to a place where life is a meditation and I'm constantly mindful and paying attention. But, um, one of the things that I do is when I wake up, I just stay in bed and just sit there and breathe and feel what it feels like to be in my body, um, before I get out of bed, because that's a time when the the mind is a little more, more clear. It's easier to connect. It's a great way to start the day. Um, And when I do meditation, like if I, one of the other things that I do sometimes is it's like, okay, I need to just clear the slate and just get ready for the next phase. Let's say I've just finished with clients and now I'm getting ready to spend time with my children. Then I'll just meditate, you know, for 10 minutes or something and just lay in the corpse pose and breathe. And I I remember a long time ago, uh, my mind was active and it was, okay, some days it went well and some days it didn't. And learning to just be okay with whatever it was. Um, but now it's like when I slip into it, I can just like snap my fingers and I'm in that space. Um, so the more that you do it, it does change the way that your practice evolves. But there have been studies that have demonstrated the, that the gray matter in the brain actually changes when people have meditation practices. So the area responsible for stress and anxiety, I believe it's the amygdala, actually shrinks. And this has been proven through MRI brain scans um, before and after studies. And the area, the hippocampus, the area responsible for memory and learning actually increases. And that compassion and self-compassion has been reported amongst the people in these studies to increase as well. And so when you meditate and you have a practice and you do it on a regular basis, it does change the way you respond to stress. And I know that to be true because my kids sometimes say, is there something wrong with you, mom? You don't respond to stress the way that most people do. Like if something comes up (laughs) and I'm pretty chill and I'm like, well, guys, I've worked on this (laughs) (laughs) and this is just my new norm. But it is a practice that is absolutely most definitely worth doing and engaging in because it's something, it's a self-care tool that you can do for you and only you can do it. It's like there are certain things that we kind of all want. We'd like to be peaceful. We'd like to be able to go with the flow. We'd like to be in acceptance, to be able to surrender in challenging situations. And um, doing meditation really does help with that and literally does change. And then as one one practices meditation long term, then everything becomes a meditation. I've noticed these are going to sound like silly examples, but these are just things that I've noticed in the past week. When I was just sitting in my car and it was idle, I could feel the hum of my car and it was like, it felt almost like music. It was just amazing the way the hum of my car felt or 
when I get gas, I've noticed this quite often, I will hop in the car and sit in my car while it's pumping in and I can feel the gas flowing into the tank and I can feel, um, it's like a rocking motion of the car and it just feels like, oh my gosh, I feel one with this car because I can almost feel like it's being nourished Uh and everything just becomes so much more alive. Things that you would take for granted or you don't even notice become real and you become so one with everything that is like who would ever dream that I would feel nourished by my car getting gas. (laughs) (laughs) Your tank is your tank is uh, uh, leveling up too. You know, it's it's interesting you you mentioned that because one of the analogies that I give is the virtual uh, fuel tank. You know, even if we feel like we're running on empty or we're completely exhausted or, you know, we're just don't have anything left, you can just take a pause, take a mindful moment, right? And sit wherever you may be, whether it be your car or even if you have to get away, go and sit in the restroom, whatever that is, and then just fuel up, you know, see that tank maybe on empty, virtually rising and and going up to full. It's those little things. I love that you said that about, you know, your, your vehicle and hearing, you know, being in tune with the hum of your car. That's mindfulness. That's the essence of being. And if we can, if we can begin to connect with everything, everything in this amazing world, it's, it's a miracle that we're even here um, to be even here living, let alone having having this conversation states away via technology able to record this. I mean, that's amazing gratitude uh, right there. So awesome. Absolutely. And I want to mention one more thing too, because I, yes, meditation has been a really important part of my life and of my practice and has brought me to this, this place that I'm really enjoying, but um, meditation, absolutely important, but doing the inner work, doing that deeper work, um, it's a mindful process, but I know that had I not been willing to dive in deep and to keep working with stuff as it comes up, that I wouldn't be experiencing what I'm experiencing today. So I can't overemphasize that. Yes. It's like a, a collage of, um, uh, different practices that help this, uh, um, lifetime, this incarnation, uh, move forward. And I also think, Right. And I think when we meditate at that level that, you know, we become aware of, you know, of the, you know, detours or, or the, or the areas that need healing. And, and as we practice, uh, meditation, as we practice this, you know, sacred space of recalling our memories of who we are, you know, we go into those parts that, that require the healing and, and do so by basically letting go of, of, you know, of the assumptions, of the attachments, of the, of the supposed hurt that are, you know, our egos kind of tell us that we endured when in truth, it's nothing more than an experience, a lesson, a memory, a call back to, to help uh, heal others. But, um, but I definitely, definitely, Susie, want to thank you so, so, so much for, you know, for being with us on this, uh, on this conversation, for sharing your healing. And then, like I said, I feel that it's, you know, your, your story is, is super powerful. And I almost feel like we haven't even, you know, really tapped into it. So we're going to have to have uh, some more discussions on this. Cause I do feel you have more to share when it comes to this healing. Cause I think your journey is uh, super important. Um, so, but why don't you let people know, maybe they can, you know, reach out and maybe they can, you know, you know, continue on uh, 
checking you out and learning more about you. So where can people uh, see, you know, enjoy uh, your journeys where you can be found at? Absolutely. Um, blossomingheartcenter.com or selfcarespecialists.com. The Blossoming Heart Center is the avenue at which I would be doing, would be able to do healing work with people from a distance out of state. I have done distance work with people, obviously out of state, um, over Skype. I've even done some over the phone. Skype is, is my favorite way to do it. But I've worked with people in other states, even people in other countries. And then like one guy worked with him in Portland, Oregon, then in Hong Kong. He was like, I've got to meet you. I've got to come work with you in person. And then he actually came to Wichita and he got great results wherever he was at. So don't let the distance healing part dissuade you. Um, BlossomingHeartCenter.com does have um, quite a few testimonials. So if you're wondering if this is the kind of work that could benefit you, you might take a look at it. And there are also some guided meditations on there that are free. You can click and listen or you can download them. Um, self-care specialist has the same meditations with self-care specialists. I, um, that's the business that I do some of the public speaking through as it pertains to self-care, um, mindfulness. I actually do mindfulness workshops and whatnot through both businesses. Um, but there also is a blog on self-care specialists if that's of interest to you. So you can check them both out and see what resonates. And then uh, that, that would also be the social medias would be on, on these sites as well. I do have some social media with self-care specialists. I haven't been very active with social media. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> advice. I'm, I'm getting there. I have recently, <laughs> I have somebody who, um, who is coming on board with me to help with production um, or from, with promotion. And so things are going to be changing a lot here um, very soon. And so um, you can be looking for that in the near future. Well, something to look forward to. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and uh, sharing your experience. I know that uh, many people will find uh, it very beneficial and maybe look into some deeper practices, uh, whether it be with you or... Uh, seeing a, a specific doctor or just reaching out to you from a standpoint of guidance and direction on their journey. So thanks again for joining us on the Aviom experience and we'll have to connect again for sure. So thank you. Thank you both. I truly appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, love. Thank you, loves. <laughs>